Well met, friends. I'm Jude Vase. And I'm Steph Midlock. Welcome to Athrobeth, a podcast exploring Shanks both long and short of Tolkien's Legendarium. Hey, any unfinished business or corrections from last week? Uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't edited last week's podcast yet, so <laughs> maybe we'll find out when I finish editing that, and maybe there'll be an, an edit slipped in right here. We'll see. Sounds good. Um, this week, we're wrapping up our discussion of Lord of the Rings Appendix A with a closer look at the last section uh, on Aragorn and Arwen. We've got many paths to tread, so get ready to doof around in Middle-earth for 30 years, and let's begin. talking about Appendix A, uh, the last part of Appendix A, Aragorn and Arwen. Those are air horns. Those are elvish air horns. Elegant elvish air horns. <laughs> oh, that's a really good alliteration. Kind Thank of. You. Sort of. It's fine. I'm not I, resisting the urge to go off on safari about Tolkien's love of uh, alliterative verse. We're going to, we'll save that for another episode. How fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear your enthusiasm for a, a long rant from me about Tolkien's alliterative verse. You know what? I am just trying to hold in my excitement so that I can keep it for this episode. You know? Aragorn <laughs> <laughs> and Arwen, they're like the it couple of Middle Earth. This is so exciting. Yeah, this is after a long I don't want to call it boring. It's not boring, but it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, what do you call something that's should be super, super interesting, but you just can't get into like, is there's just no point and there's just, no, it doesn't really have any relevance. This um, podcast. No, just well, kidding. Oh, uh, well, oh, certainly, certainly two chapters of the thing we just read. Um, <laughs> this whole section um, of the appendix it going through all the stuff about first Arnor and Gondor, and then all the stuff about the heirs of Anarion. Woof. Yeah, woof is like like the perfect word for this this whole <laughs> section. My only, I, I read this like five times trying to find a hook to make this worth digging into, and I'll tell you the one thing I wrote that and circled to say was they just can't stay alive. <laughs> they just can't keep a kingdom running for love or money and you know that that seems to be the takeaway these guys are just sort of doomed to just die um the you witch know, king shows up that's cool yeah sure that's nice uh towards the end there we see the stewards and there's some familiar names there other than the odd like cool name popping up that's just there's just not a lot here that's oh yeah useful there's just nothing here that needs to be dug into i think that's no. really what i'm getting in here this is super like interesting if you really want to know how aragorn's line got from numenor to here in the gritty details how every one of his ancestors died getting his bloodline from a to b from a narrative standpoint from a story standpoint if you care about why any of that matters the chapter is not all that useful so no i mean 
There's like a lot of guys named after directions, you know, east, north. That's cool, right? West. That's great. It's like a lot. There's like a lot of uh, talk about not so great stewards. So, you know, that's cool. That's fine. But oh, boy, it's kind of a snooze fest. Yeah, it really is. So that's all we're going to say about that. We're just going to skip it. Go right to part five, uh, because the tale of Aragorn and Arwen is good and is narratively interesting and tells you lots of interesting, great stuff about Aragorn that is informative to his character as you read The Lord of the Rings, is informative to the world of Middle Earth in general, and to go back to what we were talking about last episode, uh, why is this stuff worth talking about now? If they're going to make a TV show, and they're going to set it before the events of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and they want to pick something from the material they're allowed to use, assuming the Tolkien estate doesn't give them rights to something they didn't already have, I would bet a good chunk of change this is where they go. Because here you have a character people care about, Aragorn, and you have a really rich story and you have a large chunk of time of him wandering around doing heroic deeds and there's just lots going on here to to work with so i think there's a good chance this is this is the the area they're going to be mining for story ideas it's my two cents absolutely i think you're i think you're right and i think um as a character we all we wanted we always want more you know from our characters especially in Tolkien where he's he's kind of withholding on certain things and so to be able to flush out Aragorn I mean that's that's pretty great he's our guy man he's the guy he's the dude that like makes it so that we don't have to be such a-holes all the time yeah he's the guy he brings us back yeah and we'll see there's there's so much stuff talking about perception of depth that we talked about uh last episode so many of the little hints he drops throughout Lord of the Rings about his history comes up again here. And I think a, a prequel TV show about Aragorn would be really interesting to show what's he doing with the Rohirrim that he later, you know, makes a casual reference to Eowyn about. And what was he doing wandering in the East for 10 years? Like, what was he up to and all that stuff? So that would be cool. Absolutely. Anyway, a note that I want to get into here... Uh, at the very top, we have a quick list of his grandfather and father. Arador was the grandfather of the king and his son, Arathorn. Ar, Ara, right there, is a root that means uh, king. Uh, Aran is Quenya for king. So when you see that that root there, that, that means king. So What? That's so cool. Uh, it's yeah. almost like he planned it that way. Yeah. Meep, 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 That's so cool. Uh, it's in Sindarin and Quenya both have uh, the same root. Aran means king in both. Aragorn, for example, means revered king. Oh, that's, that's what nice. his name means. But here's something I didn't know before I started researching this episode. Oh no. Uh, Aragorn is the Sindarin version of his of his name. Oh, what? That's weird. Yeah, no, which is normal because uh, the common, the more common Elvish language at the, in that region was Sindarin. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Between the two languages, Quenya and Sindarin, Quenya is my preferred language. I think it's a beautiful language. However, every <laughs> now and then, when you have a word in both languages, one, one version's better than the other. Oh, no. Would you like to hear Aragorn's name in Quenya? <laughs> I'm a little scared, but yes, please lay it on me. Aracorno. 
Oh no! Aricorno. Oh no! That's like yes. the name a bully would give you on the on the you know like oh Aricorno's being corny again like oh no! <laughs> Aricorno, it's so bad. Oh, I'm so into it. Oh no, that's amazing. <laughs> Aricorno, I love it. Oh, I think we God. can make it into a song. He probably hated that. So, do you think when he was hanging out? I mean, we'll get into this, but when he was sort of hanging out with, like, the fancy elves, and they would be like, hey, you're a corno, he'd be like, F yourselves, you guys. <laughs> well, let me, uh, no, because they probably spoke to Sindarin. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill your joke by taking it seriously and answering you. Oh, nerd. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, the Rivendell, being a sylvan realm, spoke Sindarin. Mm -hmm. Almost all of the elves of Middle Earth spoke Sindarin primarily. Quenya was a very uncommon no, language, except not, as not an in academic Lothlorien. language. In Lothlorien was the exception because okay, all right, Galadriel. Galadriel was a Noldoran elf, and uh, culturally they retained Quenya as their primary language. Oh to my say God. there was a, and we're, we're, we'll definitely get into this whole kerfuffle, but the Quenya Sindarin primary language thing was a cultural beef back in the first age and Galadriel spoke Sindarin to the Sylvan Elves but retained it as her primary language in Lothlorien and Quenya was retained as a language of uh, literature and academia but was not spoken as a primary language uh, because Elothingal was a dick and <laughs> now in fairness in fairness to Thingol the Noldoran did kill a bunch of his cousins. And I mean, he was, sure. He was salty about that. And so he banned their language out of, I guess, he didn't really have anything else he could do to them. So he decided to ban the language that they spoke within his realm. And that's oh. where Rivendell, where Rivendell is now was kind of in the territory and the culture that descended from that. So they Salty motherfuckers. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, wait, before you change subjects... Or go actually, sorry, before you meander back onto the path we're supposed to be on. Yeah. Do you think that when... Okay, so there's this very funny person on Tumblr called Penny-Anna, and she has this whole bit about how when Legolas goes to Lothlorien, he must sound like an absolute podunk hillbilly. What do you think? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. What are your thoughts on that? Because uh... he's speaking Cinderin, right? Yeah, he's a he's a he's a Sylvan elf. Uh so he he would speak Sindarin. I mean, Tolkien never gets into the idea of whether elves pick up accents, but he does say that they are extremely good with languages, so I think it's unlikely that he had a an accent. I think he probably could speak Quenya totally unaccented if he wanted to. But I think they probably treated him like a hick anyway. <laughs> it's not as fun to think of it like them being nice about it. I really want them to be rude about it. Oh, I'm sure. That, well, no, I mean, I'm reasonably certain that they treated him like a hick because he was a lowborn. I mean, he was a. Well, I mean, I don't know. Probably. Whatever. They were. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably treated all the all the green elves like hicks because, you know, Lothlorien was full of Noldoran and they weren't inclined to be polite. That's Super snobs. Anyway. All right. Sorry. Back on track. Back on track. That was relatively short. I'm pretty proud of us. That was Me not too. a bad digression at all. And it was interesting, or at least I thought it was interesting. We'll see. 
<laughs> we'll see what the we'll see what the what our our four listeners think of that. Was that a threat? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Oh, that was amazing. Yes, four listeners, we'd like you to tweet at us if you thought that was interesting. At, yeah. Uh, hashtag Stephanie is right. Uh, let's see. So Aragorn, the first part of his name is stupid. Aragorny. Aragorny. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> Uh, so we have uh, a quick history here of his early days, and guess what? It's tragic because it's, oh, it's really. Oh, I'm shocked. I think this is. We talked last episode about the idea that the appendices were a, a linkage between the Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion, and this is a nice little thematic linkage. Um, one thing I don't think people appreciate enough about Silmarillion is that. The Silmarillion makes Shakespearean tragedy look like fucking light comedy. Oh, no. <laughs> there is some exceedingly dark nonsense in the Silmarillion. And just the casual fucking tragedy in this in these first two lines, like, Arathorn seeks out this woman in marriage and, you know, Dira Hell was opposed, but, you know, yeah. they were into it. Like, let's do it. Sure. And then he dies. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then poor buddy, Arathorn goes out, and then he dies, and he... just <laughs> you dead. Yeah, just so not only so first Arathorn goes out and dies while Aragorn is very young. Yep, and then his wife proceeds to just really not. I mean, she just kind of is seems to be kind of sad. Well, like, it's understandable. Permanent sad. She was the first emo person. No, that's probably well, not, not true. not the first emo. We'll talk about the first emo person. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Please, let's do a whole episode on the first emo. We're going to. Yay. Because it has to do with Elvish resurrection. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you wandered right you into that got, one. You have got something for everything, smart guy. I really do. I really do. He's grinning. And I know I'm not even in the same time zone, and I could see his, him grinning through the microphone. <laughs> uh, yes, I am. Yeah, no. So she was sad because her, you know, because like she kind of got left on her own with this kid. That's yeah. not great. That's hard. Uh, one thing I think is really interesting is that Aragorn, when he's born, they call him Estel, and they take him to Rivendell. And two really interesting things about this section that. I think should be called out are one, he doesn't know who he is until he's like 20. Yeah, absolutely. That's fascinating. And two, Elrond is like his dad. Yes. And that doesn't come through at all in the movie. Uh, no, it, it really does not. You're right. Elrond is, they have a, a couple of scenes together and there's no hint at all that Elrond is functionally his father figure right i mean i get and we'll get a little bit further down we'll see why there might be some distance between them uh, yeah. no spoilers <laughs> he's gonna kill his daughter with with love. love oh we both had the same thing that was amazing sorry yeah but <laughs> i mean still like there's uh. there's no indication that that relationship is there right in the movies uh anyway when he become when he comes of age, it's interesting that th these are the things he hands him. He hands him the Ring of Bar here, which is super fucking cool. Yes, it's so cool. Tell us about that. 
So the the Ring of Bar here is an ancient, ancient artifact, which is a silver ring given to... By Finrod. Yeah, by Finrod, given to Baron way back in the first age. Aww. So, uh, and it's been in that line from Baron to Dior, then to... Elwing, and then to Elros, and then down through the line from Numenor, all the way down. Um, which I think is super fly. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's described as a, I'm quoting here, um, two serpents intertwined with eyes made of green jewels. Oh, yeah. There's that great scene of, like, Grima Wormtongue, like, saying that all very creepily in, yeah. in, in the second movie. It's amazing. Yeah. And their heads met beneath a crown of golden flowers. Something so like that. cool. It's so cool. Oh, man. Guys, everybody get on Etsy right now and buy yourself a ring of bar here. Yeah, there's... I've looked it up. There are some decent ones. Oh, that would have been cool if your wedding ring would have been that. That would have been cool. They're a little bulky. Oh, God. <laughs> but if you smack someone and you're ready for the it. The ring of bar here is super cool. And I love that it's survived this long. It is cool. It's cool because if you go back to your earlier point of those fucking guys could not stay alive to save their life... Okay, it's amazing that they kept a ring around for that long. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the history of this ring is bonkers that it's it's older even than the Numenor. This ring goes back to the War of Wrath. This ring goes back to like these mythological scale figures, Finrod and Baron. I mean, if you're not familiar with these these characters and you're sort of following along as a new entrant into this world you'll get to you'll meet these characters as we go these are some of the most epic characters in tolkien's legendarium right and we're talking tens of thousands of years ago so right. it's bonkers that this ring has survived that long i mean to for it to be a, a living artifact in his life and in his line is super cool and it to have it just be like oh here it is and i love that it's mentioned very casually in the in the appendix here uh that's cool yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. It's kind of a, almost an afterthought. Like, oh, he got a ring. Yeah, right? he only got the ring of bar here. And he, he, it's, it's name dropped here. Like, no big deal. You don't know what that is. But then if you've read the Silmarillion, you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, it's just like there's so... And then again, kind of harkens back to an earlier episode where we talked about Tolkien, like making these worlds feel real based on, you know, things like artifacts. Like, here's a great artifact that really like... You know, you feel the weight of it as Aragorn takes it because, again, if you've read the Silmarillion, you know, like, <laughs> all the cool, badass people that have owned it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So he gets the ring. What else he does gets he get? He gets the ring. And then the next two, the next two are really good. He gives in the busted up shards of Narsil. And we is all like, know what that is. Yeah. This is the broken shards. And here's, and the message here is, here's the evidence that your ancestor fucked up. <laughs> Like this is I'm 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 interpreting a bit for Elrond here. Sure. And then he says, "Here's the scepter of Anuminus, but you can't have this until you earn it." Yeah, no, right? Because he doesn't actually give it to him. He's like shows it to him, and he's like ah ah ah, slaps his hand away. You can't take that because yeah. look what you guys did. Do you see well, what this is? You did. Yeah, this. the scepter is the crown of the the king of England or something. It's like the symbol of the the throne of of Numenor, and I just. This, the, the symbolism there of him, he gives him the busted up shards of Narsil, but he doesn't give him the scepter. 
he could not be more transparent the message he's sending him here yeah like you can have you can have the symbol of your ancestors failure but kingship <laughs> not so much right yeah so it's a little on the nose there to me uh but i like it can you imagine yourself at like how old was he like 20 we think he's 20 somewhere right can you imagine being that old and being told that like not only are you like the heir to the kings of man, but like here's a bunch of stuff that you need to not lose. I would immediately get drunk and lose all of that at the first bar, <laughs> right? With my purse and my phone and yeah. the shards of Narsil in the bathroom. Bye. Well, it, yeah, I think a lot of us would. Instead, Aragorn, on the other hand, walks into the woods and <laughs> fucks up Elrond's day by falling in love with his daughter oh and that brings us to the next part of the story yep and i love how it happens he decides to he's been singing the lay of luthien and he sees this elf maiden dancing around and he calls her tenuviel and this is this is some like a grade elf flirting like he's throwing some he is spitting some some serious game right here. It's it's um, like meeting a girl and being like, "Hey, Beyonce." It's like, "Whoa, what?" Yeah. Okay, I'm listening. If Beyonce now. was like your great grandmother a couple of times over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then fine. A couple, well, like great, yeah, something like that. Um, but because uh, Luthien is well, was both of your grandmothers? Oh, gross. See, this is what I'm talking about. It gets a little incesty. It's fine. Well, I mean, it's like there, there's like a couple of hundred generations removed between yeah. her and him. I it's know. Blah, weird. blah, 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 blah. But on paper, um, it's still weird. A little bit. Uh, I mean, a little bit. Anyway, yeah. So Aragorn stumbles on Arwen. What is she doing? I think, I think she's uh, just hanging out in a glade or something. Oh, sure. As you do. At, well, uh, if you're an elf maiden, absolutely. As you do. Yeah. Yeah. She's walking on a green sword and he, you know, starts doing his elf flirt. And uh, that's all she wrote for Aragorn, man. Aww. He's done. One and done. And I like that. I like that he, he goes straight for the for the brag he he drops his lineage on her uh and then realizes right away that it's not gonna work <laughs> but i like that he i like that he does it i think that's, that's an extremely like human moment that that tolkien gave him yeah because he's a 20 year old dude who just got who just learned that he's like hot shit right like of course of course he's gonna bust that out yeah and then immediately realize that like Oh, this is this is Elrond's daughter. That don't mean nothing. Right. But right. I love that he I like that he did it. That makes me happy. Hey man, he tried, you know? You gotta put yourself out there. You you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. That's so funny. He tried. And she was probably like, I roll, but you're still cute, so alright. Yeah. So she's so she's sort of like, okay. Or is she like into it? What 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 do you feel um, like her re- reaction is like, at that point? I mean, she seems she laughed merrily, uh, and then well, but I like that she laughed merry, and then she and then she immediately tells him we are akin from afar. Like, yeah. oh, cool! I'm your, you know, cousin times a million or something like that. <laughs> it's not clear exactly how things are doing there. Like, what 
her impression there is um, sure. at this point. Right. Uh, but Aragorn clearly is is a smitten kitten. Um, oh, it's cute. Uh, as you see in the next section here where he where he's talking to his mother and the short version of this, this <laughs> whole section here is his mom is like, you knucklehead. <laughs> like, this is going to go bad for you. Don't don't do this. Yeah. And he's like, eh. <laughs> I'm still going for it, he thinks to himself. Uh, yeah, no, this section is interesting. I, I mean, yeah, she knows right away what's up. And her first concern is that Elrond ain't going to have no part of this. I think that's noteworthy that her first thought is to the heirs of the Isildur. She's not, you know... She's not thinking of, of Aragorn's gentle heart. She's thinking of the thinking of the line, not yeah. of the man. Right. Uh, and sure enough, uh, Elrond is is indeed not having it. Oh, he was not well pleased. Uh, and this is where we'll we we will stop salting uh, on Aragorn a little bit. And um, you mean Aragorn? Aracorno. Um, <laughs> oh, Aracorno. That's right. Yeah. Aracorn Cobb. Yeah. Because when he goes to talk to, to Elrond, Elrond's a little pissy about the whole situation. And when Aragorn inquires as to why, Elrond explains to him why he's not into this whole situation. And that's because of the choice. And that is that because she's half elven, she has the choice to either go with him to Valinor and take that trip, or she can stay and become mortal and die and be separated from him. And he he's afraid that if she falls in love with El with Aragorn, that she will make that she will make the choice to stay with Aragorn and not not leave with him for the what do you call it Undying Lands. The Undying Land, thank you. Mm -hmm. And that'll be it. He'll never see his daughter again. Yeah. And he should be afraid, because that's exactly what's going to happen. There's a good line here. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Here it is. But there will be no choice before Arwen, my beloved, unless you, Aragorn, Arathorn's son, come between us and bring one of us, you or me, to a bitter parting beyond the end of the world. You do not know yet what you desire of me. That's that's like super heart wrenching. Yeah, Aragorn is by asking for Elrond's blessing, so to speak, to court his daughter is literally asking him to asking him to be separated from her for all time. Right, and, and like he, they're immortal. He's asking her to be to take her away from a life uh, an, an immortality that he expected to, to have with her. Do you think that your reading of that part of like this whole thing with um with Elrond has changed since you've become a parent? I don't know. Um I I don't I think probably um I don't think I've thought too probably not this particular section because I haven't thought too hard about the idea of something, someone coming between me and my son yet. But the idea of being separated from him, certainly. 
is a much harder concept to consider uh, than it was intellectually before I had a kid. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Man, so like we totally get where Elrond's coming from. Yeah. Did I just call him Elrond? Jeez. Elrond. <laughs> like, sorry. Elrond. We all need to be Christopher Lee when we're yeah. saying these names. That's important. Yeah. But I think it's important to also note that he still is the closest thing Aragorn has to his, to a father. And the next section starts out that way, that Aragorn took leave lovingly of Elrond. And the next day said farewell to his mother. Th this thing with Arwen is between them, but he still has a... He still has this loving relationship with, with Elrond. And I, 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 I do wish that that had been portrayed more in the movies. Cause I do think that's, uh, I do think that would have been a valuable addition to the film. Sure. And this is where we get this, this section here is where we get where I think well a lot of the TV show would get up to for 30 years. He labored in the cause against Sauron. He's off. This is where he's off what? getting up to, up to shenanigans. Oh, hold on a second. It, it's because he's like, oh, when we should hang out. And she's like, nah, you're too young and silly right now. And so he's like, fine, I'll go and wander around for a while. Like, that's why, right? He leaves. He's like, oh, okay. I need to do some growing up first. So he packs oh. his little bindle and he hops a freight train. He's heading west. No, I made that all up. Yeah, I don't know that it, that's necessarily why. But no, I, it I, is. I mean, it absolutely is. He's like, she's, she said, like, you're too, you're, I'm, no, she said, d right? Come on. Didn't she say that? I'm pretty sure I read that. She was kind of like, I don't know, man, you're a little young. I feel like that's a part of it. Okay. Or not. Whatever. You can fact check me later. Everybody tweet me at the North four and just with hashtag you're wrong. No, I, I don't think it was, I think it's Elrond who basically says. You're too green. You shall neither have wife nor bind any woman to you in troth until your time comes and you are found worthy of it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So this could very much be him out trying to prove he's worthy. Cool. Uh, of er of Elrond's da uh, daughter, uh, which yeah, I get that. Me too. Um, that makes a certain kind of sense. Sure. So, but yeah, he definitely um, gets around over the next 30 years he's becomes a friend of Gandalf he goes a bunch of crazy places um he hangs out with the Rohirrim he hangs out with the lords of Gondor he uh spends some time on boats he goes out into the west <laughs> he goes to the east he goes to the south he hangs out with good dudes and bad dudes he beats up on the servants of Sauron. He goes everywhere. He's like 50, I think. Yeah, so he spends 30 years out there before he comes back to Rivendell. Right. And on his way back, he comes into Lothlorien, into Lorien, Lothlorien. And that's when he sees Arwen again. And now she's like, oh, hey, now that he's grown up a little bit, she's yeah, a little she, more interested. Yeah, mm-hmm. He grew a beard, probably. He probably, like, you know, he's suns out, guns out. He's been out for 30 years. Yeah, I assume he's got a beard. <laughs> <laughs> you, think he's, you think he's had a, a clean shave out there? 
I don't think he's. I don't think there's barber shops in 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 uh, Mordor. Oh my god, there might be. You don't know. The orcs may really be into handlebar mustaches and close shaves. You don't know. That's a fair point. I'm, don't, I'm don't assuming a lot now. about orc culture. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> we need some orc culture sensitivity training around here. That's true. Uh, but yeah, he shows up, and she's she is well and truly. A flutter at at the sight of him. Who and, wouldn't be? Uh, yeah, she uh, Galadriel gives him some spiffy raiment, and uh, Bob's your uncle. Uh, her choice was made, and her doom appointed, as as the text puts it. That's all she wrote. Tolkien yeah. loves that word doom. Yeah, that's he's using it in a real like old school usage there like your fate is sealed but he yeah but instead of fate it's doom it's pretty cool and also epic and metal i think kind of yeah no it's a it's it's a very tolkien phrase yeah Uh, i like it and so here is this whole last section is uh the two of them parsing out her fate uh discussing the fact that she's now forsaken the 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 fate that her father wanted for her, which was to go west with him. Elrond is, is not entirely pleased. And uh, Aragorn goes to Rivendell. And, uh... <laughs> but er- what does Elrond say to him? Elrond, Elrond calls him my son. And I think that's multiple times. He calls him my son, like, two or three times throughout this section. Three times that I can see right here. I, maybe I'm hung up on this, but I just think that that's... Yeah. It's worth noting that he, this man is the the kin of his brother and was a man he raised as a son. And he's lost his daughter to this, to the love of this man, but that doesn't diminish his own love of him. That's very cool and very like turn the other cheek. Yeah. Yeah. I Don't get me wrong. I do love the movies, but I don't. <laughs> I, I feel like they, they, Rivendell the place was done great, but I, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like there's a certain thing, like, uh, like, I, I don't have a horse in this race. So I don't really care, but I feel like you can't, you can't be like, you're not going to date my daughter, but I still like you. You're fine. We can all hang out. You know, you he can't really do both. So he had to just be the, yeah. you're not going to date my daughter guy. I think I'm just hung up on the idea that it's, it, it's a hard needle to thread getting exactly the right kind of temperament for Elrond's character and picking the right scenes to show that character. And I don't know what I would have done, how I would have done it better. I feel like the parts of Elrond that I really like are maybe not cinematic. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Um, but, but it's worth, it's worth noting. But yeah, this is, this is the Elrond that I like the, the noble Lord, the one who's caring for, the people around him and who's spent thousands of years trying to, you know, care for this line and care for the people of Middler. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. So he has, he has this conversation with Aragorn about the consequences of that choice. Um, specifically, uh, (laughs) he throws down a fairly heavy gauntlet. Uh, 
She shall not be the bride of any man less than the king of both Gondor and Arnor. Ooh. So it's like, fulfill your destiny, man. Don't F it up. Yeah. He's going to be like, I'm not going to let my daughter diminish her life's grace for some fucking dirty, dusty wanderer. So get your shit together. Yeah. Heir of the sealed door. <laughs> Eric Corno. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a question. Mm. So, in the because we've been talking about the movies a little bit. So, in the movies in uh, Fellowship of the King, right when you need to go between DVD one and two, is when we're in Rivendell. Where does that time does that time fall on this timeline at all? Like, is that when he comes back? When Aragorn comes back to Rivendell is when that's when all the Hobbit boys are there and everything's happening, or is that a different no, time? No, this is this is all much before that. Okay. Okay. So we're still like in the Amazon TV show kind of realm of time right now. Yeah, no. Uh Aragorn is like uh eighty six. Oh dang. So we got fellowship. thirty years to hang out still. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's eighty seven in two towers. He doesn't look a day over 84. Yeah. Yeah, he's 87 in in Two Towers. Okay. Uh, so in Fellowship, he would have been like 86. I think a year elapses between those two. Yeah. Okay. All right. Never mind. So. Cool, cool. Oh, man. So interesting, isn't it? That's so cool. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting in this section that's happening is that his mother's dying. Yeah. Uh, and there's a cool little thing here. <laughs> I think it's cool. Maybe other people don't care. Well. The little poem that she reads. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, it's sad. It's a sad yeah. poem. And they borrow it in the movie, right? Um, I don't know. Do they? Yeah. They borrow part of the line for somebody else. But keep going. Read this. Read us the poem. Um, I, I, I will read it. But with the, with the preface that I am not a... I, I do not spend a lot of time with, with Sindarin, so I will butcher this pronunciation. That's so fine. Hey, that's come okay. Come at me, Sindarin bros. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing, so <laughs> bite me. It's a Linod, so I'm going to tell you about that word first, because that's the part that I was really interested and oh. excited to talk about, not so much the poem itself. Brother. All right, fine. Um, if you give yeah, me the fancy buckle poem. Up for, no. Buckle up for some linguistics, no! buddy. All right. So, Carl Hostetter and Patrick Wynn proposed this uh, tr this definition for the word. Odo is seven in Sindarin, and Lind means chance. So, the proposed definition is that it's a seven chance. It's, or it's a seven, is that it mean, basically it means like it's a seven, what do you call it? It's a Verse? seven. It's it's a seven syllable form of poetry. Oh, 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 okay. So like iambic pentameter, but in sevens. Yeah, yeah. based on based on Gilrayan's Linon, which is indeed a seven beat thing. So okay. So so are you going to read this in sevens? Yeah, we'll see. It. Uh, yeah, it's two seven syllable uh, phrases. So. Onen i estel eden, ucheben estel anin. That was beautiful. And what that means, I have a translation here as well. 
I gave hope to the Dunedain. I have kept none for myself. Bwah, 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 bwah. That's really cool. It's and it's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. Uh, yeah, that totally that line is totally given to somebody in the movie. Who says it now? Shoot, it's flown out of my mind. Who is it? Come on, you know this. Is it Aragorn who says it? I feel like maybe Aragorn himself says it. Uh, let's see. In Return of the King, Aragorn and Elrond recite her final words when Elrond brings the reforged sword Anduril to Aragorn with the words possibly taking on a different connotation from their meaning in the book. Yeah, that's what it is. They're right there in the camp with Theoden mm. and his fancy thing. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. That was going to mm. drive me crazy. So they borrowed the words. It may mean something different, but it's still it's still yeah. such a poignant sentence. It's beautiful and sad. Yeah. Well, that was some very good Sindarin. Okay, back off, Sindarin boys. I think you did a great job. Uh, we'll see. I like Sindarin, um, but I'm just, I, I'm, I like Quenya. I think it's a little more. He's a Quenya, Quenya guy. my preferred thing. That's because yeah. you're a snob, but that's fine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, you're not wrong. I just. <laughs> I say that with love. Yeah. And then we get to, there's a, a gap here. He doesn't, it doesn't really get into what he was doing, but right. basically some time passes and then all of a sudden we get to the War of the Ring. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot you could fill in there. And, and it was never filled in anywhere in any of Tolkien's writings that we know of? Uh, not really. Man. Um, we know a little bit of what he was doing in between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Ring. Sure. In between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Ring, he was chasing, what's his name? Smeagol. Gollum around. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I always forget is how much time there was between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Ring. Oh, absolutely. Like a ton of time. Yeah. So some part of that was in between there. So, hmm. but uh, yeah, then he, um, once he, you know, wins all that nonsense, he becomes the king of Gondor and Arnor and takes up the scepter and they are wedded. Yay! Well, interestingly, that's not just the end of the war and he doesn't just get married. That's the end of the third age. Yes, well. exactly. It's so cool. A lot happens there. That's a it's a, it's a real busy, busy period. The third age, third <laughs> age ends. Gondor and Arnor are restored. Mordor gets torn down. The elves disappear. There's just a lot going on. Sure, it was a busy time. The rings are destroyed. Oh yeah, uh, get rid of those guys. Uh, but Arwen's choice ha happens. She becomes a mortal woman. Yeah, that, that, I'm sorry, but that mega blows. It's not fair. It's not fair. And we'll get into why. I'm holding my comments yeah. until later, because I'm annoyed about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. It says she dwelt with Aragorn for six score years. Uh, and at last he felt the approach of old age. And it's interesting here that he felt the approach of old age. So it's not even that Aragorn was, in fact... So he's 87 here. Mm -hmm. And six score... A score is 10, right? So that's another 60 years? No, it's 20. Ooh, 
Oh, dang. Oh, dang. So that was another 120 years. So 87. <laughs> so he was like 200. <laughs> He's so... But that's not the oldest Dunedain guy, right? Isn't no, there the, some guy the who's Dunedain, like 300 or something? Yeah. Elros lived like 300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got a, to be about 200. And he was like, I'm feeling like I might be getting a little old. Uh, and our son, Eldarion, he's probably ready to be a king. So I'm going to go die now. Uh, so he goes down. No. He says, I'm so Bye, mad. Hands over all of his stuff. Goes down to the, what, they, what do they call it? The House of Kings in the Silent Street. Oh, jeez. And uh, dies. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, but that's crap. It's crap. You, Arwen, this is, this, no, Arwen gave up her freaking immortality. And then Aragorn's like, oh, I'm done. Bye. And then dies when he's not even like that ready. I'm so mad. I would well, be so angry. That's the point. He's, um, oh, shush it. He would have been fine. He would have lived another hundred years. I mean, yes, it would have been the hundred years where he's kind of old and dribbly, but whatever. I don't know. It just feels like it's it's terrible because Arwen doesn't die then. She has to hang around and be sad for a while. Speaking of emo people, it's just so stupid. I'm so I, I get it. Like, I get what you're saying, but I'm so mad. a couple of things. Fine. One, it is sad and it's supposed to be sad because one of the things that one of the things that is common throughout the Silmarillion and throughout throughout the Legendarium is that Unions of elves and men don't go well. Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to be saying. I'm not guess. I'm not uh, hazarding any guesses as to what what Tolkien is is saying there. But it it doesn't typically go well uh, for anyone, but particularly for the elves. Probably a fallen, unfallen thing going on there. But mm. yeah, it that tends to to be a shitty outcome. I do think you're underestimating Aragorn's situation a little bit. I think he's... Aragorn lives longer than any other Dunedain at that time are living and any since. And he's the last that have the option to die when they want to, that have that grace. And I think it's debatable, I guess, whether or not that's good or bad that he used that to go one when he still had strength and so forth rather than going all weak and wibbledy i think it's better but i think uh, i'll grant that that's a debatable point yeah i mean i just think that i don't know if somebody gave up like the ultimate gift of eternal life for you the least you can do is hang around as long as possible but i i see your point i see it and i do agree with like dying with dignity for sure so I don't know. It's kind of an interesting thing there. Yeah. I think the, the, the key thing that is trying to be emphasized here is the part where he says, uh, Behold, we are not bound forever to the circles of the world, and beyond them is more than memory. Farewell. This is an interesting point that I think most people... This is him sort of winking at his own material because it's Tolkien and this is what he does. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the Atherbeth, this is a thing we're going to talk about a lot. This is the the whole, and we've I think we've even t- mentioned this already once or twice before, the idea that elves have a shadow before them and men have a shadow behind them. Right. This is referencing that, the idea that men, will, men leave the circles of the world 
and beyond them is more than memory. The idea that the elves only have memory and she will be, because she's chosen a mortal death eventually, she won't only have memory. She'll pass beyond the circles of the world and whatever's out there, that's, you know, whether it's him or, or you know, Eru or whatever it is, it will be more than memory. So. It's hopeful, that's for sure, you know? It's nice. Yeah, I don't know. The, I, I think it's interesting that Tolkien never, ever, ever gives any indication of what's beyond the circles of the world. Right. But at least it's something. It is. It is something. It's It's just, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, um, but it is sad that like she definitely doesn't take it well. No, um, <laughs> oh no, 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 no. She she cries. Oh, and then she basically just sort of wanders. I know. Um, she says goodbye to her children and then just kind of passes out of the city and wanders wanders out of ways and then just finds some place to lay down and die. I know. It's pretty grim. Okay, that's really grim. You got to join a book club or take up cooking or something. There is a whole life after, you know, being single again, girl. Yeah, I she didn't <laughs> see it that way, apparently. Quilting, you could do dog training, you know, you could like learn a foreign language. No, nope, yeah. nothing. OK, just oh, yeah. just want to go walk in the woods and die. Oh, OK, great. A lot of women do that. That's happens a few times throughout Tolkien's writings. Yeah. And it's guys, it's kind of crap, but OK, whatever. <laughs> yeah there's we're gonna do an episode about the 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 women in tolkien's legendarium sure and i will say my short answer to that subject is it's bad <laughs> it's not as bad as people think but it's not good sure i i've been sort of putting material together for that episode and it's like it's not great. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll I get, mean, we'll get there. It's not bad, but we'll it's not there. great. Yeah. But a lot of, there is a lot of, there are a lot of cases where female characters suffer some horse shit in service <laughs> of male characters. Absolutely. But then you also have characters like we were talking, I think we were talking yesterday, last episode about the, um, the house of Hador and, right. um, what's her name? who is just like an unconquerable badass and you have Eowyn and there are these really excellent female characters that stand out. Who's a badass in the house of Hador? Was it not you that I was talking about? This? I don't was think so. Cause I'm there. Come on. There's like, no, mm -mm. <laughs> I want to know who this person is in the house of Hador that you think is so cool. Because the mom um, wanders off and goes crazy and then dies under a rock and the sister stoops him and then falls into a river. So that's not great. Uh, let's see. Maybe it's not the Hadar. Which one? Oh, no, it's the house of Haleth. Oh, okay. Because Haleth, named after Haleth, who was a an unconquerable badass. I'm pretty, I thought we talked about her last episode. I don't uh -uh. think so, but maybe. Who knows? Haleth was a woman who took absolutely no shit from anyone, man or elf. Took over the chieftainship of her of her tribe. Right, right. I'm with you. Yes. Flipped the bird to half a dozen elf lords. <laughs> swore fealty to no one, and was just <laughs> super cool. And I mean, so it's not like he doesn't have these female characters that are excellent 
Uh, it's just that he also has, you know, a lot of horseshit characters like, um, yeah. uh, what's her name? Fanor's mother, Muriel, who is this like super talented elf lady who dies because her son is so potent that she just has no, nothing left after giving birth to him. She just has to die. And <laughs> like, there's a whole bunch of, not a bunch, but there's, there's a lot of examples like that of sure. female characters that just kind of. I think we should hold it until yeah. we have more time to really talk about anyway. it. Anyway. <laughs> Moving swiftly along. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the end of the Aragorn and Arwen yeah. section. Yeah. Wow. Aw. Yeah, uh, Arwen's passing is kind of the end of the is kind of the end of the third age, and the rest of the elves are kind of already gone. When she goes on her walkabout of doom, yeah, there you go, walkabout of doom. Um, <laughs> Galadriel and Celeborn are already gone. Yeah, um, it's kind of bye. That's it. So her brothers are gone, right? Everybody's oh, gone. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, Rivendell's already empty at that point. Yeah. So. Oh, that must be so sad. Ugh, poor Arwen. Jeez. And she had a son, right? She had a son, and then oh, she Vivian. had some daughters yeah. that we know nothing about, which again, well, mm-hmm. we'll get back to in a future yeah. episode. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. I don't know. That's that's a kind of a raw deal. I feel bad yeah. for her. But hey, that was her choice, and she made it. Yeah. I think their story is a very Tolkien one. It's happiness and sorrow mixed in. Yes. And you see that, like, I mean, that's very much a thing Tolkien does, that it's all, you don't get any pure happy stories. And he wouldn't tell a story that's just all sorrow. Like, he he, he has it in equal measure. That's kind of what he does. Yeah. This is the good stuff that mm-hmm. I love about Tolkien's, especially the Silmarillion. Because, I mean, if you think this is good, like, wait till you see some of the, some of the just <laughs> back-breaking heartbreaking stuff that you see in the Silmarillion because he really takes it up to 11. Oh, wow. But I can't wait. Reviewing this appendix really made me excited more than I thought I would be for the idea of a a TV show about Aragorn because he really is a great character and I'm always hesitant about prequels. I can't imagine why that would be. (laughs) I don't know. The Hobbit. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was thinking Star Wars, but yes, that too. Um, <laughs> movies, I can, I can not be book snarky movies. about multiple things. Yeah, um, yeah. There, it's a it's a tricky proposition doing prequels, um, but I think this is a a case where there's a lot of territory and there's lots that you can expand. And I don't know. I think if they do it right and they bring in the right people and I know they're working with the Tolkien estate so it seems reasonable to assume that they're not going to be callous about it. Mm-hmm. It could be interesting. I think so too. So. I mean, I really hope that it happens. Is it is it definitely on the books or is it They spent a half a billion dollars doing it. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> okay, so then I really need to figure out how to watch Amazon shows at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think no, anybody they... truly knows how to watch Amazon TV, but we'll figure it out, damn it. For Lord of the Rings, yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah, no, they Amazon dropped a half a billion dollars lining up multiple seasons of this Lord of the Rings TV show. Oh god, I hope it doesn't suck. Please don't suck. Oh. Yeah. Please. Don't and all suck. they've said is that the 
the rumor is that the first season will be about Aragorn, but no, there's no information if it'll be multiple seasons about Aragorn yeah. or if it'll be an anthology style where we get one about Aragorn and then one about something else. That'd be cool. Cause there's, again, there's so much, there's so many poignant, cool characters. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad if they went back and we got like some fucking backstory on the Witch King. Sure. Or Absolutely. Went all the way back to Numenor. Like there's a lot there. I'm, I'm on the record as being not into the estate giving anybody any more access to any more material, but I think there's ways you could cautiously be a little more flex, be a, just a little bit flexible about what you let them do. So, yeah, like it's in the appendices. Maybe you just be a little flexible about. Well, if it's in the appendices, maybe, and there's some stuff in yeah. the Silmarillion that also talks about that maybe you just kind of let them flesh it out with that extra material you know Ooh, it's tricky though very tricky yeah but you you gatekeep it like you let the estate gatekeep what they can and can't access that way like i don't want anybody ever ever trying to do any like silmarillion miniseries like that that's a that's a road paved in sorrow i don't want that Aww. and I don't, think, I don't think it would ever work I think that's asking for a disaster. I don't think you can make a... I just don't think it's filmable in any way, shape, or form. I think it would just piss off to it. I just think it would be not good. And maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe someone will do it and it'll be great. And I'd love to be... I would love to be wrong. Sure. But I just don't think I am. <laughs> Only time will tell. I mean, could you imagine, like, a Children of Curran... Oh my god, that would be amazing. It would be so up everybody's Game of Thrones alleys right it now. It would be fantastic, would be but it would also be like the darkest thing on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, come on, we'll add in some fun there. Why not? Sure, we'll we'll, we'll just torture yeah. a dwarf for a while, right? That's <laughs> Yeah, that's the other... Well, yeah, ugh. it's dark, but it's also... Uh, the problem is it's mm. also not really narratively... Anyway, we're... We're, we're digressing. Yeah, but that's anyway, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Well, that's all I've got about Aragorn and Arwen. So I think we're, that's it for tonight. Excellent. Well, thank you for leading us down those uh, sexy paths that we all tread together. This episode is over. Join us next episode when we talk about the second chapter of the Quintus Silmarillion of Aule and Yvanna. We're going to talk about dwarf souls. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes as it helps increase our visibility. You can find us on the web at www.podcast.atherbeth.com. You can find the show on Twitter at Atherbeth underscore cast. I can be found at Aramidic Jude, and Steph can be found at the North Four. Tidal music is Lord of the Dead.